0: section seven of travels to oaxaca by nicholas joseph thierry de menonville an anonymous translation from the french this librivox recording is in the public domain one day while in company with my french engineer at the house of the latter merchant i saw him examining certain packages of vanilla i inquired as if casually from what quarter it was obtained and learnt that it came from guadalajara sixty leagues distant or from oaxaca the distance of which latter place was a hundred leagues from vera cruz also that it was cultivated by the indians they next talked about cochineal i did not as may well be conceived begin this subject but i profited by what i heard i learnt that the cochineal from oaxaca was preferable and yielded a more beautiful color than that from tlascala or guadalajara which made me resolve on choosing oaxaca for the spot i should repair to i had moreover two other reasons equally weighty for this decision the first the better opportunity i should have of obtaining the most perfect information respecting the cochineal in a country of where it is largely cultivated the second the circumstance of this road being less frequented than that leading to mexico by Tlascala and guadalajara and this circumstance affording me a greater facility in avoiding highwaymen and inquisitive eyes it is a certain matter in fact that resolved as i was on the journey though i should not even obtain my passport and in spite of all the viceroys in the world i ran much less risk of discovery on the road to oaxaca on which i should not be suspected than on that of mexico the only city worth seeing that only for which i had sought a passport and on which i should be sought after the first notice of my departure thus with a resolution if i should obtain a passport for mexico to use it merely for oaxaca the route to which i had adroitly learnt from a frenchman who had been in the service of the late viceroy i waited with impatience an answer to the three memoirs which in succession i had addressed to the viceroy of mexico to obtain the so much wished-for passport even spaniards themselves from whatever part of the world they arrive at vera cruz are not allowed to leave it without a passport from the viceroy and i ceased to frequent the house of don ulloa except to inquire respecting it at length on wednesday the thirtieth may seventeen seventy seven he in a very cool manner before dinner announced that he had received an answer from don in which he plainly signified it was not in his power as i was a foreigner to admit of my entering el famoso reino the famous kingdom except by special order from the court of spain note however ungrateful to me the name of this nobleman i here give it for reasons which it may not be difficult to comprehend he was called el excelentissimo senor y beato fraile don antonio bucarelle y ursua deniente general de los reinos de nueva Espana, vice general of the kingdoms of new spain this news affected me far more in reality than i chose to show and i made a very bad dinner though without attending to what i did i devoured a great deal the general did not fail to inquire what i meant to do i pretended to be satisfied and to be determined to demand the necessary passports through the court of france and wait for them at vera cruz or in case of my being sent out of the country to go myself in search of them but i had already made up my mind in case of such an event occurring as had happened As Don Ulloa had a quarrel with the governor, I naturally concluded that the latter would have no knowledge of the objection raised by the viceroy, and decided on requesting of him a distinct passport for Orizaba, which was within his jurisdiction, and about forty leagues from Veracruz. By means of this passport, to the license in which I meant to give the trifling extension of sixty leagues i hoped to reach oaxaca but hardly to itself did my soul unburthen this design and with much more reason was it then reserved from others i went in consequence to mr Ferson and concealing from him the refusal i had experienced intimated how impatient i was to reach mexico what vexation so much tardiness occasioned me and how happy it would make me if even i merely obtained permission to herbarize on the volcanic mountain of orizaba he stopped me upon this and proffered in the handsomest manner himself to solicit the governor for the favor i sought i flew into his arms embraced him in the most affectionate manner and that very evening as a token of my grateful feelings sent him certain books which he had manifested a desire to possess i saw him the next day he had dined with the governor and obtained the passport on saturday he brought it me in good order i concealed from him in a great degree the transport i felt lest he should recognize the great importance i attached to this paper and be anxious to search into its motive the next day sunday i passed in preparations for my journey and dined with the general that he might have no suspicion of my project monday i was to have hired horses in order to set off the next morning the morning of this day this fatal monday i rose in raptures of traitorous joy and gayer than ever before i repaired to the dwelling of mr furson for letters of recommendation to orizaba breakfasted with him and returned home to complete the packing of my things of a sudden i perceived a man in a blue coat with a red cockade enter my apartment he was quite out of breath and looked wild sinister and angry as soon as he was able to speak he announced himself as the secretary of the governor and ordered me in spanish in the name of the king to give up the passport which the governor had entrusted to mr Ferson. these words which i but too well comprehended affected me as would have done an electric shock i alternately became pale and red and feigned in order to have time for recollecting myself that i could not understand what he said but he so often and so distinctly repeated to me el papel que el señor gobernador entregó al señor don francisco de fersen that i thought it vain any longer to turn a deaf ear then all at once with another turn of features and assuming a gay and gracious air as if I began to comprehend him. I said I was incapable of making any improper use of a kindness I might receive from the governor, and delivered up the papel so much sighed for by me, begging him at the same time to present my respects with my thanks. I wished, as he seemed much fatigued, to induce the secretary to rest himself, but he begged to be excused assuring me that he had express orders to make no stoppage anywhere until he had brought back my passport and not to appear before his master unless he took it with him i readily conceived from these words that some alarming storm was bursting over my head but still using dissimulation i asked him apparently with the utmost indifference what possibly could be the motives of so sudden a change in the sentiments of the governor he answered that the post that day had brought certain orders from the viceroy concerning me in virtue of which he verbally notified that i was forbidden in the king's name to leave the district of the city of vera cruz i hastened to mr Ferson with such impatience that i almost flew i saw i heard nothing and was unable but hastily and in half ejaculated words to relate to him my disastrous adventure conjuring him at the same time to conduct me to the governor in order to have this matter elucidated we repaired to the palace and found there the governor for his part perfectly satisfied with recovering his and repeated to me the forbiddance before announced by his secretary of exceeding the limits of the jurisdiction of the city an injunction he said which by order of his superiors he was bound to communicate m de furson joked with him observing that if i had taken his advice he would have found the bird flown but afterwards in a more serious tone he inquired what possibly could have originated so rigid an injunction in answer don palacio exhibited to us the letter of the viceroy written after a deliberation of the audiencia real of mexico and the conclusion of the procurator-general grounded among other matters on the apprehension of opening to strangers the secrets of the rich culture of the country here my heart panted so violently that i no longer heard anything but the order for my leaving the country an order quite the reverse of that i solicited beginning pero de regresar a su tierra on this the governor who read the whole with much emphasis laid still greater stress reading it even thrice over and showing me the letter where it was written in fine he was expressly enjoined to be himself present at my going on board to draw up a declaration to that effect and certify the same to the viceroy he then speaking for himself desired i would inform him when i meant to depart and what ship i meant to sail in this i promised after which he took leave of me making a thousand excuses and professions and even going the length of calling me hijo mio, or son. But I was not his dupe. On leaving the palace, I took a hasty leave of Mr. Ferson in the street and repaired to my lodging, deadly sick at heart. I walked backwards and forwards, now threw myself on a seat, and now into my cot, swinging it from one side to the other with such violence as to risk breaking my head against the ceiling. Not the least ray of comfort beamed on my mind. In vain did I exclaim to myself aloud, if possible, that I might listen and become less distracted. In vain did I exclaim. Be calm, thou madman, poor intemperate fool. Take pity on thy intellects. Art thou not yet at Veracruz? hast thou not reached this distance on thy road and dost thou not still remain oh yes retorted anguish but thou art ordered hence and must go and empty-handed go thy ways thy plan of four years standing even in the very port now falls to wreck four years are lost of the profession thyself selected that hope of fortune vanishes so fondly pictured in thy mind. The advances made by thy family, the bounty of thy sovereign are vain and foolishly gone. Thou failed in an affair undertaken in contradiction to the advice of thy father, thy friends, and everyone, an affair which for four years has subjected thee to nothing but alarms, chagrin, mortification, toil, and dangers of every description and what a blessed profit hast thou gained thou hast rashly pledged thyself to the minister and what account hast thou to render shame humiliation ridicule contempt will be thy lot on every side thou turnest and worst of all thy object will remain unaffected the spaniards exclusively possess their cochineal thinkest thou of this and dost not die of anguish? What then is grief so little to be feared? Is it so powerless of suffocation? I passed the whole morning a prey to such tormenting reflections and under the greatest agitation, swallowing three quarts of lemonade, but without the least appetite for food. No, the smallest morsel would certainly have choked me. At length, tired and overcome by the weight of so much affliction my mind made a last effort for relief by dint of perpetual repetition thou art still at vera cruz the fundamental point of a desperate project presented itself to my ideas i calculated that as no appointed time was fixed for my departure and as there was no ship in the port which would sail for three weeks to come i might in a fortnight's time complete a stolen journey thou absolutely must said i to myself penetrate into the interior though destitute of passport must bear away the fleece for which thou hast sailed despite of all the dragons in the way inflamed by this idea the very apprehension of being unable to realize it threw me into a cold sweat gela no la vene bolon i spiritu frozen veins boiling spirits but this beam of light dispersed the former gloom and brought with it a portion of tranquility i now thought of nothing but developing my plan and digesting its detail i walked out in the evening to take an airing and went to the nieveria where i treated my engineers they complimented me on forgetting so soon the vexation to which i had in the morning been subject i suffered them to remain in their error and returned home where without taking any supper i passed the night in reviewing the plan i had projected in my mind in retrenching adding and changing its minutiae and calculating on probabilities and accidents at length i fell asleep and refreshed after three hours found my spirits less heated and my head more clear at daybreak however i reflected with some surprise that there was no room left for any alteration in the plan projected the night before a circumstance arising from my peculiar and constrained position malum est concilium quad mutare nequit says tacitus it's a bad plan that admits of no modification this i repeated to myself but in vain i could find no plan better than the whole i had in mind and no choice left but either to put it in execution or return unsuccessful the latter to me was more dreadful than death itself and this at once justified in the eye of reason the evident rashness of the attempt i rose in the morning rather less content than on the morning before but sufficiently so to look on the maximum of danger i risked with a dispassionate eye i found the worst that could happen to me in case of arrest would be to be sent back tied hand and foot to vera cruz and there to be imprisoned in the fort or on board the ship of the general of the port until my embarkation in short merely a failure that probably might not take place in my object which would be the case however at certainty if i did not attempt the journey everything tended to strengthen me in my last resolves though i reflected upon many obstacles i should have to encounter in the first place nothing less than a miracle on a road over which so many pikemen were dispersed for the purpose of arresting deserters and strangers could guard me from being asked by some one or other of them for my passport in the second place my dress was not that of a spaniard and this inconvenience neither time nor my means allowed of my remedying this circumstance showed me a foreigner and exposed me the more to the looks of curiosity thirdly an appendage to the last noticed predicament i spoke the spanish language very indifferently in the fourth place i was almost entirely ignorant of the road and it was only by the merest chance and nicest management i was enabled to learn by what gate i had to leave the town finally It was necessary i should set out on foot in a climate where i should have much to encounter from the season of the year and the sands through which i had to travel i must also go unprovided with linen provision change of dress and books and without instruments to reap the possible result of my excursion in increasing our knowledge of natural history the plan I framed for remedying these inconveniences was as follows. I shall travel on foot, said I to myself, as a botanical physician resident at Veracruz, in search of simples. I shall assume the appearance of taking a walk rather than being on a journey, shall lodge only in the poorest huts of the Indians and in places away from the high road, pretending to have lost my way i shall avoid all towns hamlets and villages where possible and where not pass through them by night i shall declare myself a catalan from the frontiers of france which will explain the reason for my speaking french well and the spanish but indifferently i shall always go neatly dressed wear some trinkets jewelry affect a good-natured and free disposition and pay liberally for all i take with all these precautions i must indeed be unlucky if i should be taken for a foreigner or a deserter in fine after some little provision against the most urgent wants for example a broad-brimmed hat a net for the hair a rosary an indispensable article etc and after setting aside about three hundred gourds in quadruplets coins i fixed upon the friday night following for my departure in the meantime i visited my friends and acquaintance whom i apprised in a loose manner that i meant to pass the remainder of my stay with madame de boutillots at Medellin. on the friday i dined with a general to whom i related the trick i had played the governor it seemed to please him greatly and he assured me If I had suddenly made my departure after obtaining the passport, no notice had been taken of the matter. The remainder of the day I passed with the engineers and returned home to reflect a few moments on my undertaking. It was about nine o'clock when, after carefully locking up all my effects, I departed, as if merely to take a walk. I soon reached the rampart, scaled it, and bade adieu to the city for a long time. I traveled briskly along through the sands under favor of the light afforded by the stars, but a violent wind effacing all traces of the road, and the sky being overclouded, I found myself wandering. I knew not whither at the distance of more than a league from the town, undecided i went first one way then another to the crowing of the cocks and observed the rising of smoke but all in vain though i had twenty times before travelled over these spots night by enveloping all objects with the same shadowy veil disfigured the rallying points which otherwise might have struck my memory i climbed large amounts of sand some firm and others movable, until I was utterly exhausted. At length, anxiety, combined with fatigue, made me determine on re-entering the city. But now was the embarrassment to find it, for I no longer distinguished its fires. At length, I saw one in the distance of three hundred tofts I ran thither. It was the cabin of a free negro, whom I had seen before in my neighborhood. I told him I had lost my way in returning from Medellin. He directed me on the right road, and I was exceedingly surprised at finding myself a quarter of a league south of the city, while I imagined myself in the west. I immediately scaled the rampart and returned to my home, terribly fatigued and still more vexed at my bad beginning. However, after changing my linen, I threw myself into my hammock and enjoyed a sleep as sweet as it was necessary. The next day, at three in the morning, I left home a second time and again scaled the ramparts, this time with some risk of breaking my neck. And behold, now... Don Quixote in the country. End of section 7.